mark the end of one era and mark the beginning of another. T-E-T-Z. The end times continue. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the End Times Continue recording on this, the 25th of February. I am Dino, and you are? I am Ace. Welcome, welcome. Oh, man. I've, it's, uh, I don't know why. If it, feels like a, if it feels like a good day. It might be the music. I've said before, the music pumps yeah. me up. Um, so, uh... You have not gotten hell divers yet. That's okay. I have not. I trust I that you will. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, the game is pretty much fixed. If you're a couple episodes ago, or maybe it was last episode when I was talking about it, I told people stay, stay away until they fix the servers. Well, they increased the cap to seven hundred thousand, and they added an AFK timer to kick people oh, who are AFK. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, um, and that was one of the big issues they were having was the AFK issue because people were holding mm-hmm. their slot on the server and just going AFK because there was no timeout. They would never yeah. get kicked. I mean, I guess they just didn't expect it, right? So it's like, well, why would we have an AFK timer for you know if you, if you don't expect a massive amounts of people uh, right. to play your game? Yeah. Well, they yeah. only expected like a hundred and hundred fifty thousand people to play the game in the first place. <laughs> right. <laughs> But I will say, like, an AFK timer is one of those things that's just... It's a pretty standard thing. Yeah. It's like a no-brainer. Yeah, it's a yeah. standard feature. You should probably have it. Um, yeah. The same is true for, uh, like, a queue. Just a server queue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so not everyone barges through the door at the same time, busting down. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But they didn't have a queue system. That, 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 to me, again, if you've got servers, have a queue. I think that's pretty right. standard. Yeah. But in any case, they have, uh, they've pretty much fixed the game. I haven't had a problem dropping. I have not had a problem huh? loading into the game. So yeah. I think it's, I think it's pretty good. They, there's still some issues with it. They had to turn some stuff off to free up server resources mm. that they haven't turned back on yet. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I was uh, I was looking more into it. I think it's cool that they have like an actual like game master uh, system in the game where like developers will actually just throw random things at you while you're playing the game. Sometimes mm-hmm. like random events. Uh, that's really cool. Yes, uh, I wish more games implemented that that type of stuff. That's oh, yeah. really awesome. And you also have your daily quests and you also uh, which haven't been loading recently. It's one of the things they turned off to free up server load. <laughs> um <laughs> But they also have like community quests where it's like you're like the community has to do, you know, X amount of stuff to free up a planet or to free up a system or whatever. And, mm-hmm. uh, and that's it's, like, even like new planet, right? Like the, the, you have to live, the community has to fully liberate a planet, right? Mm-hmm. Is that my, uh, that's my understanding? Okay. Yeah. 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 The basis of the, of the planet system is that the community has to liberate planets. Um, that's really cool. Yeah. Then, then you know, there's new content that is available. Technically, or it's not available, but it's in the game. But it's not playable until players unlock it through like mm-hmm. actual progression and completion. That's really cool. Yeah, and and here's the, the other cool thing about it too is that if you look at the uh, the table, like the table where you pick your mission and stuff, mm-hmm. if you look at the table, the terminid side and the automaton side 
take up pretty limited space on that table. Mm-hmm. So there is, I think they left a lot of space open in order to allow for new factions. I think they're going to be adding factions as the game goes on. Oh, that's definitely cool. Yeah. I've seen nothing to indicate that aside from the fact that there's enough room on the table for it. And also the game is not going to be fun with just those two enemy types. If it's its entire lifespan. (laughs) Right. I I remember uh, I was watching when the game came out, I was watching some streamers played and uh, they were like, uh, everyone went in under knowing there were going to be bugs like starship troopers. uh, Right. Mm -hmm. But then when they got like the plans with the, uh, the robots, they were like, Oh shit. (laughs) Yes. This is a whole new experience. (laughs) Yeah. And the automatons are harder than the bugs. Oh yeah. So like your, your difficulty curve is is interesting you unlock higher difficulties as you progress through levels and then mm-hmm. your your you'll get more rewards as you go up in difficulty and the rewards get big fast so like if you're running mm-hmm. four and five your rewards are going to be pretty solid mm-hmm. um but then you have the difference between automatons and bugs where where the bug missions are easier than Automaton missions. Automatons are very heavily mm-hmm. armored. They're hard to kill. So there's the, you, yeah. you kind of have your choice of it's very much a you choose how difficult the game is type of thing. Right. Okay. Yeah. I, I know um, I, I saw people like posting as soon as they got to like the first like automaton um, uh, planet or whatever. It, it was just like chaos like Vietnam. Oh uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. But it's a good game. It's a really, really good game. Mm, yeah. Um, and fun. the progression system feels good. I was playing the other night, and I realized I was I w- as I as we loaded back into the ship. I said, "Holy shit! I know why I like this game. This game is just a roguelite." Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I've seen from it. That a lot of people have said that it's like it's like a roguelite. Yeah. And I love roguelite progression. I love the ability to mm-hmm. like, like the idea that you go and you do a run and then you come back and you use whatever resources you have to get stronger. And then you do another run. Like it's, it's really cool. And it's, I, I realize that's why I find the loop addictive for Helldivers. divers is because it's just a roguelite loop. That's all it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, very fun game. Oh, you know, the tone of the game is like basically cribbed from Starship Troopers, the, the yeah. you know, fascist oh, yeah. satire. Uh-huh, yeah. Well, apparently, it's become, it was a meme for a while to, to sort of play into it. Yeah, um, of course. You know, people in the Discord just being like, like if somebody said something that was, uh, you know, critical of a mission type or whatever... Um, somebody would, would, would say that sounds like commie propaganda to me or, right. <laughs> or something like that. Well, apparently uh-huh. some people have gotten annoyed and there's now a fucking no, no. shitload of, of discourse. Yeah. There's now a shitload of discourse on Twitter about like, if you're actually like playing into this and like, like you realize this is satire, right? Like this is saying these are bad guys and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, ugh. Uh, do you, like I, I don't understand like why people have to be such killjoys. Uh, sometimes you know, it, it's like uh, sometimes playing the bad guy is fun, you know. Yes, and sometimes it's funny just to lean into absurdity. Like it's obviously absurd, 
like the whole the whole premise, right? Like you know, uh, from what I've seen of the game and Starship Troopers, it's like yeah, this is absurd. <laughs> like exactly, the, it's not you're not a fascist if you lean into it because you're playing in on the absurdity. You are in on the joke. That is the joke. Yes, you're in on it. Exactly, and well, you know, some people. I hate that I even had to say that. I feel I disgusted, but you know, <laughs> it's I ridiculous. Added, the fact that I added to the discourse is sickening to me. Well, people have been pissing and moaning about it, so I thought that was I. I thought it was ridiculous too, because it makes no yeah. damn sense. But anyway, yeah. but Helldivers fun game mostly fixed now. <laughs> um. Uh, another fun thing. How much do you want to think about uh, Joe and Joe Biden fucking? All right, next story. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, that's pretty far down on my list. That's like, uh, you know, thinking of like, you know, uh, genocide. It's somewhere in between there. Somewhere's like couched in between like, you know, genocide, uh, and then that somewhere in there, it, it's a rotating scale. I wonder if it's related. I wonder if every time Joe Biden sends a check to Israel, he gets a giant erection just thinking about all the Palestinians that money's going to kill. <laughs> Someone's got to make up for John McCain being dead. You know? Exactly. Like, so. <laughs> Oh, this story was run in the Daily Mail. Biden, 81, says the key to his marriage is, quote, good sex. I thought necrophilia was illegal. <laughs> Am I just unaware of things? <laughs> uh, Joe infuriates Jill, his wife of 47 years, with very risque joke to staff about their private life. Uh, even after 47 years of marriage, the romance between President Joe Biden and Joe Biden is far from dead. Uh, the, uh, from kisses before he boards Air Force One to date nights and him introducing himself as, quote, Jill's husband. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> the stress of the White House has showed no signs of straining their relationship, but in private, the president has revealed some very risque secrets. Is that very risque? About why their bond is so strong, much to his wife's annoyance. He infuriates wife Jill by joking that the key to their 47-year marriage is, quote, good sex. His racy comment has been revealed for the first time by Katie Rogers in her forthcoming book, oh, God, I don't want to read the title, in an exclusive excerpt obtained by the Daily Mail. The president gives that marital advice to aides, quote, much to his wife's chagrin, reports Rogers, a longtime White House reporter for the New York Times. I don't believe him. Are you going to fact check it? Uh, (laughs) Well, I mean, here's the thing. Just, Mm -hmm. okay, the hip mobility of an 81-year-old man alone is going to impede his ability to perform. Yeah, man, he has he has one of those Raytheon exoskeletons, you know. <laughs> like that. Carbon no fiber problem. bones with servos. <laughs> yeah. 
Exactly. <laughs> he just, I, when I saw this story come across, I was immediately like, ugh. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> Who's doing that? Who's, uh, you're right. It hit me in kind of the same way that, like, that idea of, like, like isn't necrophilia illegal? Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> Honestly, though, it wouldn't surprise me if they haven't had sex in, like, I don't know, a decade, if not more, and he's just demented. <laughs> he just doesn't, he just he doesn't actually know. Do what? You think he, like, you think he, like, whispers in her ear, uh, 40 more Palestinian kids are dead today. Yes, and exactly. just, uh... <laughs> Immediately starts unzipping. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um there was also this is this is also pretty funny. So speaking of things that are dead. Um Vice Media. Vice the website Vice is going away. Oh no, whatever will we do? <laughs> however how will we move on? <laughs> <laughs> um, CNN reported uh, Vice to lay off hundreds of staffers and stop publishing content on its website. Vice Media will cease publishing to its website and lay off several hundred staffers as the beleaguered publisher makes, quote, fundamental changes to its, quote, strategic vision under its new private equity ownership. Chief Executive Bruce Dixon announced Thursday in a memo to staff. This decision, uh, quote, this decision was not made lightly, and I understand the significant impact it will have on those affected, Dixon told staffers in the memo obtained by CNN, adding that employees impacted will be notified early next week. Um, I'm going to keep I'm going to keep it real with you, man. I thought they were dead years ago. (laughs) I have not read I've not read a Vice article in like six years. Well, one of the, uh, oh yeah, no, me neither. One of the women who was, uh, one of the journalists who was following the Boogaloo stuff and a lot of the 3D printed gun stuff has been, uh, a, a thorn in the side of sort of the catalog and, uh, <laughs> Magnus, <laughs> she fucked with Magnus in particular. And so they were all just like, oh yeah, this is great. They were all gloating. Who must go? Do what? Who must go? Uh, <laughs> Exactly. They were they, they they were they were gloating over it. They were I think Magnus posted uh outlived another hater. <laughs> <laughs> and people were saying like, "Oh man, you might want to learn to code." <laughs> Throwing back to that uh, uh, old meme, but yeah. It, it's still good. I think it's still funny. It is, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, Dixon said that Vice Media had determined it is, quote, no longer cost effective for the company to distribute its digital content the way it has in the past. Instead, Vice Media will, quote, look to partner with established media companies to distribute our digital content, including news, on their global platforms as we fully transition to a studio model, he said. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, they're, they, are, they are just not going to be a publisher anymore. They're going to be more like a wire. Like, like more like, well, I mean, the AP publishes to its own website, though. Like, that's, I don't know what they're, I don't know what they think they're going to accomplish with this. If they don't have their own destination site, you know what I mean? Oh, no. 
Anyway. <laughs> Ahead of the announcement Thursday, the mood inside Vice Media was grim. Staffers struggled to work amid rumors circulating about the outlet's fate, likening doing so to, quote, the violinist playing aboard the sinking Titanic. Oh. Oh. Poor Vice oh. Media journalists. Yeah. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> Uh, quote, I think most of us have seen the writing on the wall. There are simply not enough lifeboats and highly unlikely that the skeleton crew of us on digital news will be invited aboard one. The employee said, oh man, that's gotta suck, dude. Oh no. That's probably a little bit like, though, what it was like, what it's been like at Bungie. I mean, that was, uh, okay, <clears throat> I say that. There has been a broad, broad wave of layoffs in digital media. Pretty much, pretty in, much every video game studio I've seen has laid off a lot of people. Yes. Um, yes. Huge layoffs in video games, huge layoffs in, in, in all digital content. I think what happened was, and I could be, I don't have any proof of this, but I suspect that what happened, it makes sense to me that they sort of overexpanded during COVID when everyone yeah. was online. Yep. And everyone was able to dedicate more time to doing shit on the internet. And now the traffic's not there. It's falling off at the same time yep. that AI news articles are starting to crop up everywhere. Claudine homosexual. Yep. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. So their whole, like the, their entire business models kind of collapsing in part because they grew too much or they expected the growth that occurred in 2020 to continue. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I, I'm sure that's what happened. Yeah. It just makes, it just makes intuitive sense. I don't know if I don't, like I said, I can't prove it, but it makes I mean, intuitive I, I, sense. I'm pretty sure that's the like, like the main theory behind even people like in the industry as to what happened is that they overextended during COVID. And now they're like, well, uh, we, this is not sustainable, and we have to cut cut people. Right. Which is, I mean, look, it losing your job sucks. Yeah. Um, but honestly, if you're a journalist at Vice Media, what are you really doing? But just like being a regime mouthpiece, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see. I just don't see there being much value there. When I go to sleep tonight, I'm not going to be thinking, oh, man, I feel really bad for Vice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, uh, speaking of people you don't feel bad for. Did you see Nikki Haley cry? I wish I did. <laughs> this was before South Carolina. Okay. Okay. Um, it was prior to that. But she uh, was crying on on stage at, at some speech she was giving. This was about her refusing to drop out. She was in Greenville. She was refusing to drop out, and she started to cry during the speech. This is a 30-second clip. We can just play it. Um, I wish Michael was here today, and I wish our children, and I could see him tonight, but we can't. Michael, your husband, who you renamed, by the way. 
like like that's something that will stick in my head forever is the fact that her husband like she renamed her husband <laughs> because his name didn't sound right like according to her like when you like bring some animal home from the shelter and it's like no that doesn't fit you this fits you more <laughs> thor's a terrible name your buddy now yeah <laughs> yeah you're called you're now called buck <laughs> I did that shit. My my cat's name is Speedy. That wasn't his name when I got him. <laughs> He's serving on the other side of the world where conflict is the norm. Where terrorists hide among the innocent. Where Iran's terrorist proxies are now attacking American troops. Whose fault is that? Yeah, gee. Hmm, interesting. Curious, some would say. Former member of the board of Boeing. Whose fault is that? That's the the thing that bugs me about her the most. I'm sorry, continue. No, no, is there any, like, self-awareness to her where she thinks, hmm, maybe my policies will cause more conflict and send more people's children into harm's way? Hmm. Right. Yeah, you'd think, you'd think maybe, you'd think maybe she would think, ah, they're, uh, Iran's proxies are attacking American service people in, in, in Jordan? What, why are American service people in Jordan? And and the Arizona National Guard is at Tower 22 in Georgia. Why is the Arizona National Guard there? No, 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 no. Her answer is like, well, they have to be there because uh, because terrorists around every corner or something. Right. Yeah. Fucking terrorists <laughs> living under our bed. I, I'd respect just the straight up like sociopath more who just said, yeah, it's my fault. Uh, your kids are over there. What are you going to do about it? Yeah, that's exactly like, the thing. It's like, whose fucking fault is it? What do you mean? (laughs) On the other side of the world where conflict is the norm, who made it that way? (laughs) There's just one day for no reason at all. The Middle East erupted into conflict. Are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) One day... Planes were invented and they crashed into the World Trade Center. Yeah, yeah, it just kind of happened. <laughs> fell, literally fell right out of the sky. Yeah, Jesus, I, I, I am. I just have so little. Ugh, ugh. The fucking crocodile there, tears. There is a strong overlap between the, the people who believe that, uh, between the ideas of like you know, um, um that terrorists just randomly attacked us and like creation myths right yeah where it's just like this just happens and this is where we start and they take that in a similar vein of and you know everything was going great you know the world was great and then all of a sudden bad thing happened yes yes and God said, let there be the Shiite coalition. 747. Yes, <laughs> into the trade. Exactly. Yeah. God, what, what bugs me, too, is that this is a this. I mean, and this is going like way broader than just this clip. But there's such a a a there are so many misconceptions people have. Like, for example, 
the Iran-backed, you know, uh, Iran-backed organizations attacking Americans. Okay, but who are those Americans there to kill? Does anyone know? Supposedly they're there to kill ISIS, but there, but there's no ISIS. So, so why are they there? Like, what are they actually doing there? Well, they've got uh, uh, Syrian Shiite militias at their back who could just kill them whenever they wanted to. They felt like it. Why are they there? No one knows. No one can just tell you. Like, like if you were to go up on, and I mean, <clears throat> in a general sense, like if you were to go up to a person on the street who's a big Nikki Haley fan, and you were to ask them, why do we have a base in Jordan to even be attacked? Why is it there? Do you think they can answer? Obviously, it's the last line of defense to protect the homeland. (laughs) (laughs) The obvious answer, Dean, we all know this. We've been to school. We understand. (laughs) (laughs) We told us in our history books, it was the last line of defense. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, here's the thing, too. If you were to go up to a Nikki Haley fan and you were to ask a Nikki Haley fan just on the street, a Nikki Haley fan, if you were to say, uh, hey, um, do you think that Iran... And Osama bin Laden are part of the same sort of terrorist milieu. Do you think that these people are on the same side? What do you like? Do you think their answer would be yes? I think it would be yes. No, it would. It would one hundred percent be yes. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. No doubt in my mind. It. I, it's. There's no. There's no context given to anyone when talking about this kind of thing. Like, yeah, like the. And, I'm sorry. Continue. No, I was just saying, like, you know, you were asking, like, what, uh, you know, kind of rhetorically, like, what, what's their purpose here? Like, what, what are they doing here? Uh, like, if they were to fight ISIS, ISIS isn't there anymore. Well, it's like, you know, uh, if, you're, if your entire purpose is to fight the enemy and your enemy's not there, well, you got to make an enemy. And then you can continue on your new purpose. That's a good point. That is a good point. <laughs> when, you get, when you get paid to be a hammer, you need nails. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that that's that's that that actually makes perfect sense. I just don't, I, I, also I just I, from a like nothing gets people more like to turn off their brains quicker and just throw themselves behind the state than saying there's enemies out there who want to kill you and end your way of life. Yes, you know? uh, they want to bomb your your podunk town's Dairy Queen. Exactly. Uh, and, yes, my favorite. And <laughs> you need to support me because I will stop them. Yes. It's like, oh yeah, every yeah. As soon as people are in that sort of mindset, they're like, they're in. They're they're like fully in. They're they're all about it. Uh, it we have to save the dairy beyond that. No, I love that that Podunk Town Dairy Queen. Mean, um, yeah, yeah. But uh, yes, no, I, I think you're absolutely correct. I'm sorry, I had a monitor that started to fall down. Um, I think you're absolutely correct that that people will just. I mean, it's the it's the Family Guy bit, right? Of, of oh, yeah, Lois yeah, yeah. goes up there and just says nine eleven. Nine eleven, yeah. <laughs> that's that's kind of how it seems to me. That seems to that seems to be how people think about uh, about the reality of American foreign policy and and mm-hmm. military projection, uh, projecting military power is just uh, mm-hmm. all you have to do is stand there and say terrorists under everyone's bed. And it's like, oh, yep. okay. Well, then it makes sense that we're there. Right, right. Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, yeah, and you know, look, it, 
you don't have to think too hard because obviously, you know, the people in charge are the thinkers. They're the big brains, right? So obviously you don't need to determine the difference between Al-Qaeda and the Taliban, you know, or Sunni or Shia. You don't need to do that because the big brains, they have it all figured out. They're going to do it for you. Uh, They're just trying to protect your Dairy Queen. Oh, you think Nikki Haley would want her husband deployed for no good reason? Yeah. Right. I do. I think she would want her husband deployed for no good reason. I think she wants your son deployed for no good reason. More importantly. (laughs) Yeah, it just, I I am, I am flabbergasted by this. Every time, every time I see something again, it just makes me think like there's, there's a significant portion of the population, raw, raw America population who thinks that the Taliban and Al Qaeda were the same thing. And you know what's funny is that if she was running in like 2011 or uh, 2012 or whatever, or even like the early 2000s, she would be like, she would probably be the front runner. Oh, uh, hell yeah. Like within that type of mindset. Uh, like she would just, and, and the fact that she's going to lose to a person who might go to prison, it's yeah. really funny. Let's talk about <laughs> her going to lose to him. So she lost. Her home state, South Carolina. Yeah. She lost. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had a story about this from Reuters published today. How Trump defeated Nikki Haley in her home state of California. Donald Trump's big primary victory on Saturday over Nikki Haley in her home state of South Carolina was the result of a ruthless and methodical campaign to eliminate her as a threat, according to aides and people close to both campaigns. Despite having already secured a string of primary victories, it was crucial for Trump to win South Carolina, a key early Republican primary state that often predicts the party's nominee. Unlike in 2016, Trump was facing a rival who had won two terms as governor of the state and is still locally popular. The plan was to isolate Haley politically by locking down endorsements from scores of officials in the state as quickly as possible to demonstrate publicly that she had no path to the presidency through South Carolina, uh, aides with knowledge of the Trump campaign, uh, campaign plan said. Trump's victory on Saturday was not a complete blowout, but he still defeated her by a comfortable 20 percentage points on her home turf. Quote, we were facing a two-term governor. That necessitated a show of force. We needed endorsements to stop donors and voters from taking a look at Nikki, a senior Trump campaign advisor told Reuters on condition of anonymity. Uh, Chris LaCivita, uh, a co-manager of Trump's campaign, said the series of big-name endorsements played a critical role in snuffing out the competition in the state. Lasavita uh, La said another crucial part of Trump's success was to harvest data on the thousands of voters who attended the former president's rallies. Quote, what happens in the state after we're on the airplane, that's where the real work begins, Lasavita said. So they, they just worked at it, it seems like. But honestly, it makes me wonder, like, is Nikki Haley... Like, okay, so they say they just worked at it, but... Does Nikki Haley have any fucking juice compared to Trump with Republicans, even in a state where she was a governor twice? I, I can't imagine it. Like, like, like I, I look, I'm not a Republican, so it's hard, sometimes it's hard for me to put myself in their shoes. But like Nikki Haley is is the, uh, a person that you, you guys like. Like, it's not a joke. Like, it's not some <laughs> elaborate ruse you're, you're pulling on me right now. <laughs> elaborate ruse. <laughs> It's <laughs> like this is somebody that you think like has it going on. Like you, like you, you seriously, you're willing to throw yourself behind this person. 
Yeah, like you you vomit her name on the back of your car. Like, you know, like you just stick that bumper sticker there and then you're ready to go. I and happy to do so. I don't I don't understand it. I think I think people like voting for Trump. I think people ho- would hold their nose to vote for Nikki Haley. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. At least on the right. Yeah. Like, the only people who I can see supporting Nikki Haley on the right are the never-Trump people. And how many of them are left, especially voting in a primary? Yeah, I, I, I don't know, but that's... I don't know, in the same way that I, I took pleasure in Trump beating Hillary Clinton, like an actual cartoon character beating <laughs> Hillary Clinton, uh, it's going to be especially funny to me when he beats Nikki Haley... And and then he goes to prison or something, and then oh, she yeah. can always be known as that person who lost to the guy who got sent to prison. Us. It's going to be interesting if if some of these cases at the state level, if it ends up being that they're allowed to keep him off the ballot. Right. That's yeah. what's going to be nuts. Yeah. What is the RNC going to do actually if it turns out that it, like if it, if it so happens that he's just restricted from ballot access in multiple states? Well, that's not good. Uh, I have no idea. Like, they'd have to pull something out of their hat. Uh, because at that point, all the people in that state can do is that they could write him in, theoretically. They could write yeah. in Donald Trump, which if there was going to be a write-in campaign that had any juice behind that it would be Donald Trump in a state where he lost ballot access. Yeah. But the, the, they could write him in, or they could vote for a third party, or they could vote for Biden. And here's the thing, too. You have those states where you think about Biden voters in those states. If Trump isn't even on the ballot in that state, is one of these um, vote blue no matter who sort of voters going to hit the button for Biden when the Green Party candidate's right there? And Biden's at the least popular he's been in a long time. Maybe the RNC will do like a, a Ron Paul redemption and he just brings him out on stage. Say, sorry for screwing you over in 2012. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> I think Ron Paul would have a chance against, uh, not, not at this point, but earlier yeah. on, if Ron Paul mm-hmm. had, had ran a real campaign mm-hmm. this cycle, I think he would have a chance against Trump. Yeah. Uh, also, um, uh, I, I haven't verified this, but multiple people have said it, so I'm going to pretend it's true. Um, uh, they're, Trump and Biden are the oldest people to ever run for president, I believe. No, uh, that tracks, yeah. <laughs> fucking incredible, right? Yeah, yeah, it's great. The more that the more that the like, <clears throat> the more uh, honestly though, I, I, I'm, it makes me think because here's the thing: young people don't <laughs> vote. Not in the numbers that that people pretend they do, right? Um, yeah, old people do vote. Oh yes, and the largest coalition of old people is getting older. The boomers are 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 at this point dying. They're booming, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like the boomers are up there, so it doesn't seem weird to a large proportion of the voting population to vote for somebody in their late seventies or their early eighties because. They're in their late 70s or their early 80s. 
That is true, actually. So to I them, just imagine, it's like, I'm just like, voting for a guy like me, but it's like, a guy like you has dementia. You imagine, like, the political arguments in the geriatric home, like the old folks' home, just, like, uh, people going at it. Bunch of octogenarians <laughs> calling each other pinkos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but honestly, it kind of seems that way to me because I don't see how you get away with guys this old running unless it's because a very, very old voter base is voting for them. Yeah. At least in some large proportion. Oh, yeah. I think I, I, I really do think I think grandpa who lost his driver's license, you know, five years ago is out there pushing the button for one of these two dudes. Oh, I, I 100% sure that's true. Yeah. Which is itself fucking insane. Like, not that, yeah. not that Grandpa who lost his license gets to vote. That's not the insane part. The insane part is that anyone, anyone else can look at these guys and be like, oh yeah, we can trust them. We can trust this guy with the fucking uh, keys to the kingdom. Yeah. Absolutely wild. And not even like in a political sense. I don't think you can trust Biden or Trump either one. Trust them. But I mean, trust them in like a in, in the sense that like, yeah, I, I absolutely believe they're not going to fly off the fucking handle and bomb somebody they shouldn't. Right. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know. By some like uh, quirky little neuron in Biden's brain could just be having a fun one one day and just be like, oh, well, <laughs> there goes country <laughs> off the map. solar flare flips a bit in his brain and he decides oh let's go to china who cares yes yes Uh, Uh, it's it it's so precarious yeah and nobody takes these motherfuckers seriously i mean you want to talk about like you want to talk about politics on the world stage Nobody fucking takes Biden seriously. Biden's not a threat to anyone. Benjamin Netanyahu no. doesn't fucking care. Putin doesn't care. None, none of these world leaders think that Biden has any fucking balls at all. And Trump's getting old enough and, and has looked, frankly, bad enough over the last little bit that I think he's getting there, too. Where it's like, yeah. nobody's going to give a fuck. It's like, oh, that senile old, old fucking moron. I could fucking invade Cambodia tomorrow. He wouldn't know where the fuck I was. Like. I have no idea. Yeah, Trump has definitely lost the Riz. Uh, he he is a, a Riz loser uh, at this point. He is a <laughs> he's, he's lost a little bit. Fell off. <laughs> fell off. Yeah, hit the wall. <laughs> That's what I want to see: is somebody go up in a rally and just be like, "You fell off, bro." <laughs> L plus ratio equal no riz. You fell off. <laughs> um, we also have this is another uh, this is another. You think that in the debates uh, that uh, Trump will say that uh, my kid could smoke more crack than your kid? I uh, think that I, like, I, I just I, I'm trying to war game here. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go on. We can, you know what? You know what, Joe? Let's have our kids come out and have a crack smoking competition. My kids will beat the shit out of your kids at smoking crack. Fuck yeah, you. Yeah, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> I bet my kids a better drunk driver than your kid has ever been. 
Yeah, yeah. Let's test it right now. Let's go. <laughs> Drag race. Down <laughs> Um. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, there was another thing. Fanny Willis uh, either committed perjury or her office does all the time. Uh, she's the district attorney, right? Of or um... Fulton County, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. She's the one that brought those charges against Trump and then hired her boyfriend to prosecute him. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, <laughs> so, uh, in court proceedings, Fulton County DA Fanny Willis argued that Atlanta Police Department's cell phone tracking software, in use since 2017, cannot quote prove anything relevant and provides quote little evidentiary value. Under DA Fannie Willis's jurisdiction, the Atlanta Police Department has utilized a uh, CellHawk software since 2017. This very software documented Nathan Wade's alleged visits to Fannie Willis's home 35 times before the purported beginning of their affair. That was, by the way, the uh, Nathan Wade was the the guy that she hired. Um, she further contends that CellHawk does not confirm quote special prosecutor Wade's presence at any particular location or address. According to Willis, Selhawk merely indicates that, quote, Special Prosecutor Wade's telephone was located somewhere within a densely populated multiple-mile radius where various residences, restaurants, bars, nightclubs, and other businesses are located. Um, so this is... This is interesting because Andrew Fleischman posted... He says, here's a case from 2022 where Fulton County successfully argued that cell phone towers provide strong evidence of guilt (laughs) from the case. (laughs) From the case, it reads, in addition to witness testimony, cell phone tower data was consistent with Thomas having shot young. The record showed that Thomas's phone was on and near the scene of the crime shortly before young was shot around the time that the shooting was reported via 911. Uh, And shortly thereafter, Thomas's phone was turned off or on airplane mode. The records show that by the time Thomas's phone had reconnected to a cell tower less than 20 minutes after the shooting, it had been moved away from the area. This evidence showed that not only had Thomas been on or near the scene when the shooting occurred, itself not very remarkable given that he was in the area frequently, but that he had left the area after the shooting and took steps to limit the traceability of his movements. Viewed together, the eyewitness testimony and cell phone tower evidence were strong evidence of guilt. So... They have they have in the past argued that cell phone tower uh, location data can show the presence of a person in an area. Mm-hmm. Right. And now Fannie Willis says, well, no, it doesn't actually tell us anything about where the person is. <laughs> so, but why are you prosecuting people based on it then? Right, right. This is what's funny about a DA being questioned like this is that immediately everything flips. <laughs> everything flips. It's like no, all the all the ways that we gather their evidence against. actually suck. I'm sorry to what? Yeah. Now how dare you use my own thing against me that I use against other people? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And as soon as it comes as soon as there's a possibility any of this could be applied to the the DA who's on trial, then it's like, oh, well none of it's actually very good. So you put people in a cage over it. Yeah. All the time. It's, it's, I, I personally am very much enjoying this. I am very much enjoying the fact that Fannie Willis is, is squirming. I'm enjoying the fact that, that prosecutors, it, it seems to me that prosecutors 
are squirming in a general sense over this because she keeps coming out and saying like, no, 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 no. The way that we investigate stuff actually sucks. (laughs) And she has, uh, she's, she has, okay, I'll put it this way. It, it seems to me that she's perjured herself at least a couple of times during this proceeding. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah, it's pretty well confirmed, and this is, you know, this is, you know, what's a question of fact based on the evidence presented in the actual proceedings, but it seems that she lied to the court about when her relationship with Wade started. Mm. That they had been together for way longer than she claimed. And that's why this cell data is relevant, is because it, it... if he's going around her place long before she claimed the relationship started, it goes to show that she perjured herself. Mm-hmm. Which I think is likely. <laughs> it just kind of seems like that's what happened. But I don't understand. I don't understand why they would do this. I don't understand. Why would you take such a huge case? And do mm-hmm. something so reckless with it. Right, exactly. Yeah, you th- you'd think there would be a little more foresight here. Uh. I mean, I, already it was sketchy because it's like you might not even have the goods on him. Your Rico case isn't mm-hmm. great. It's not a particularly good Rico case. So you might not even have the goods on Trump in the first place. Secondly, you're going to fucking sabotage the whole thing over your fuck buddy? <laughs> that is that is a level of recklessness that is it 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 blows my mind frankly yeah it seems to me to be sort of and this is me sort of uh, this is guessing but it seems to me that it's like this is because you just think you're above it right you think no one's gonna question you yeah you think you're just untouchable right well, she's learning otherwise because she's sitting up there on the stand and she's being called to uh, account for some shit that is not uh, it's not going her way. It doesn't look like it's 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 coming out pretty bad. There was also speaking of things that come out bad. The fucking segues are garbage today. Um, have you ever asked uh, Google's Gemini service, the AI service, to make a Viking for you? Uh, I have not. Uh, what what happens uh, when you ask it to make a Viking for you? Well, it does. Uh, you know the the account on Twitter, Pilgrim. Well, Google's Gemini is kind of like that because if you ask it, for example, to make a Viking, it'll show you what a Viking would look like if it were black or Chinese. Hmm. That's that's pretty much the extent of what Google's Gemini system can do. Um, they programmed this system. It's actually very interesting the way they do it. So they programmed this system to, for example, if you say, if you go in and you ask it to say, uh, okay, uh, uh, create a representation of the founding fathers in 1789, okay? If you were to ask it that, Gemini will hijack your prompt and it will respond to a different prompt that gets injected. So it will respond instead to a prompt that says, 
uh, create a representation of the founding fathers in 1789 uh, with diverse uh, ethnicities and genders. Like, that's the way that they hijack the prompt. And then that's the results it returns. Like, you go up to order vanilla ice cream, and they say, oh, here you go. Here's mint chocolate chip. But I ordered vanilla ice cream. Yeah, but we thought like this better. Yeah, it it just asks, like, create a representation of ice cream with a lot of flavors. Uh, But I asked for vanilla ice cream. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what it's like. It totally, it just hijacks your prompt on the back end. This was totally, this was programmed to do this. What people don't, I saw people who were responding to this in a weird way because they were acting like, they were acting almost as if, you know how when a, uh, people have freaked out about um, anime localizers who just oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, they just like plug yes. in their own politics and stuff. Well, people were acting like Gemini was doing this of its own volition. Like it was, it was programmed to think a certain way. Oh, right. Right. Like it was, like it was just programmed to think a certain way. And so it it can't think in terms of, uh, you know, well, these people would have been white. You know what I mean? Um, that people were responding as if it isn't capable of thinking in those terms. No, that's not what was happening. What was happening was Google actively messed with the way that prompts work so that if you asked for representations of people, the, the prompt would be hijacked and replaced with a request for representations of people with a diverse sort of bent to it. Like, like, you know, diverse genders and, and ethnicities or whatever. Right, so it's not a direct input between the prompt and the output. It's a, there's something coming in between it and like rearranging what the prompt was. Exactly, and asking for something different. The right. AI is answering the question that was asked of it perfectly, yeah. but the the question it's answering wasn't the question you asked. Right, <laughs> like that's kind of the way it's working. So it's. It was very interesting to see the way that people were responding to this, not knowing what was going on on like the back end side of it. But people were were posting uh, their results. They were asking for things like like just like that, representations of Vikings, right? Norse peoples from freaking the 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 sixteenth century, and it was coming back with Chinese people, black people, just is totally mm-hmm. not even related at all. Do what? Oh, no, I didn't say anything. Oh, okay. I thought you did. I thought I heard you say that. Um, But this, they, as this started to kind of explode, this is a piece from Variety. Google suspends AI, this is published on the 22nd. Google suspends AI tools image generation of people after it created historical, quote, inaccuracies, including radically diverse World War II era Nazi soldiers. Oh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, a guy had posted. <laughs> um, uh, Google's training set is based off of what's on the internet. The internet's full of mimetic image data, simplified thinking, is yada, yada, yada. He replied to himself, it's still real broke, and it gave images of Nazi soldiers. One of them looks like a freaking Tuskegee Airman. The other one looks, uh, he looks like he could be Native American or maybe uh, uh, a Latino guy. And there's another one that is an Asian woman. (laughs) 
<laughs> this, is what, this is what real representation looks like. Uh, it's like, don't, don't you feel proud? Yes! You too can be a Nazi. <laughs> don't let your dreams be memes. Yeah. <laughs> Other historically anomalous images generated by Google Gemini included black Vikings, a woman as the Catholic Pope, women NHL players, the founders of Google depicted as Asian men, and non-white people in a scene of the U.S.'s founding fathers. <laughs> in a statement early Thursday, Google said, we're already working to address recent issues of Gemini's image generation feature. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, what were you saying? No, no, I was just agreeing. I was just going along with this. <laughs> <laughs> We're aware that Gemini is offering inaccuracies in some historical image generation depictions, the tech giant said in its statement on February 22nd after users reported the errors. Quote, We're working to improve these kinds of depictions immediately. Gemini's AI image generation does generate a wide range of people, and that's generally a good thing because people around the world use it, but it's missing the mark here. It's not missing the mark. You're replacing the prompt. Right. It's responding perfectly to what you're asking for. <laughs> but you dummies didn't think that maybe, perhaps, not every image that someone wants to generate of a human being is appropriate to be an Asian woman. Right. Like, just maybe there's some images that that really wouldn't be. <laughs> What's hilarious about it is that they actively they actively built it to hijack the prompt, and now they're acting like, "Oh, this is totally unexpected behavior." No, it's not. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I wonder if they were gonna try to. I, I, you know, sometimes I'm more cynical, and I think that maybe sometimes they intentionally do this to talk about, like, "Well, this is why AI needs regulation. Please regulate this government and make sure you put those regulations on all of our competitors too." Like OpenAI did. Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Right-wing commentator Ashley St. Clair framed the controversy in a broader culture war context. Quote, what's happening with Google's woke Gemini AI has been happening for years in media and Hollywood, and everybody who called it out was called a racist and shunned from society, St. Clair wrote in a post on X. Why is this being why is this being presented as if it's serious? Come on, variety. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like here's the thing. She's not wrong, but it's not relevant really to what's happening here. What's happening here is they tried to be like progressive and all this other shit. They tried to be quote unquote woke and it backfired because they didn't think. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's like, yeah, like, you two can be a Nazi. Like, see how progressive we are? Look at all these wonderful black Nazis! Yeah. Jesus! <laughs> I just want everyone to know, that bomb that's being dropped on those Palestinian children, it came from a, uh, someone who's a minority. Shouldn't we all feel oh, proud? Oh, yeah, it really is. It really is. It's exactly the meme of, I hear the next one will be sent by a woman. <laughs> Yeah, yes. It really makes you feel like a part of history. <laughs> You're right. It's not even ironic. No. Yeah. 
Oh, there was more news about Gemini. And this is disturbing, I think. I'm, I'm concerned. This is from CBS Money Watch. Google strikes a $60 million deal with Reddit, allowing the search giant to train AI models on human posts. Oh, no. From Reddit. <laughs> Google has struck a deal with Reddit that allows the search giant to use posts from the online discussion site for training its artificial intelligence models and to improve services such as Google Search. Gemini, show me a wholesome chungus. <laughs> I'll, I'll laugh. <laughs> you just upload a picture of a guy with wraparound sunglasses, and Google Gemini's response is Hitler particles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. The arrangement announced Thursday and valued at roughly $60 million will also give Reddit access to Google AI models for improving its internal site search and other features. Reddit declined to comment or answer questions beyond its written statement about the deal. Separately, the San Francisco-based company announced plans for its initial public offering Wednesday. In documents filed with the Securities and Exchange Commission, Reddit said it reported a net income of $18.5 million, its first profit in two years, in the October-December quarter on revenue of... 249 oh my god 249.8 million dollars the company said it aims to list its shares in the new york stock exchange under the tickles uh tick tickle <laughs> ticker symbol rddt um wait a minute they posted their net they netted 18.5 million if they pulled 60 from a single google deal like that that means that a third of that Google deal was what pushed them over the red. That's what made them that's yeah. what put them in the black. Yeah. yeah. A third of one deal with Google put them in the black. What if you don't get another deal like that? Right. Like you're back I, in I the red like... immediately. I'm sorry. Well, no, 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 you're fine. I, I'm just I'm gonna take a detour here for a second. I feel like this whole deal with Reddit, uh, this is a, a ploy by Google to get people to favor AI regulations and restrictions. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, no, no one could support this. There's not a single human being that alive that could support this. No one who's uh, not a Reddit AI mod. Right. Yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> well, they are people, so my statement stands. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> <laughs> This is absolutely crazy. Uh, yeah. I what 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 of value are you going to get out of out of Reddit posts? Like, how is that going to make your AI smarter? Maybe it's not meant to make the AI smarter. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they know exactly what they're doing. <laughs> It's designed, it's not designed to make the AI smarter. It's designed to make the AI into a Redditor. Holy shit. I bet that's what it is. Yeah. Because these morons are going to be the primary user base for something like this. Right. They'll be like, he's so me for real, for real. And then they're just going <laughs> to use it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> 
Ugh, I just can't wait until Google Gemini starts calling people chud. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's when it's really going to pop off. Yeah. Jesus. This is just, honestly, <laughs> the, and, and I know we've talked about this before, but you've noticed, and, and I've noticed, web services are getting shittier. Yeah, um, I try to search for things nowadays. I can't find them. They're like buried like three, four pages down if I can even find them at all. They're fucking gone. Um, if you don't remember an exact quote that you can... Yep. I'm sorry, I have hiccup. If you and don't remember then, the exact quote you can search for, you're fucked. Yeah, no, yeah. I have searched for things that I know I've read in the past that I, I have a 100% clear memory of. Cannot find it anymore. It's gone. Whenever I try to search for something, it gives me like you know, um, like peripheral things that are somehow like that the Google somehow thinks are like what I'm searching for. They're like, oh, here, here's an ad for this. You search for one word in this sentence that looks like this. Oh, here you go. Here's this now. Uh, yeah. Do you mean this? It's like no, I didn't. I, I I specifically laid out what I wanted to search for, and you're not showing me that. <laughs> I think there are two problems primarily that are causing this. I think the first is that, um, is, uh, sort of honestly dead internet theory. And, Oh, right. And I, I, I'm not really an adherent to dead internet theory, but I, I think I will be in a couple of years. And the reason why I'm sorry, continue. No, no, I, sorry. I I don't, don't lose your thought, but, um, I I was just going to say that, I am have never been a believer in dead internet theory, but I'm beginning to believe. You yeah, know? Uh, because for what? I, I, have you seen like the bots on Twitter? Yes, where it's just like, like what are what's going on here? Like not what, even what's the, happening. It's not even just the pussy and bio bots. It's yeah. it's the bots that are, and you can tell it's a bot. So, like for example, if you have a if you if there's a tweet that kind of starts to take off in a short amount of time, like it gets a lot of likes or whatever in a short amount of time, there will be replies to the tweet that have nothing are nothing to do with it. Nothing to do with it, and also, or or if they do have something to do with it, they have something to do with one very specific part of it, and they're hashtagged weird, and like they're yes. like they're 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 obviously written by AI. I saw one of these on an FPC yeah. post not long ago, where they had posted something related to a a uh, a, a brief or a decision out of a, out of a court. I can't remember which about um about the uh about carrying about carrying firearms and. The the whole context of the tweet was broader than just that, but the response that I saw said something on the lines of, oh, that's great, rolly eyes emoji, that's all we need is more people packing heat, hashtag uh, guns, hashtag sarcasm. And I'm sitting here looking at it like, that tweet was written by AI. Yeah, no, yeah, they're all over the place. And I don't know if these are AI or if these are just people trying to make money off of popular tweets. But like when you go on and when you search when there's a really popular tweet and then there's a bunch of tweets that have nothing to do with it, then they're promoting something else underneath it. Right. Uh, Well, this tweet, I knew it was written by AI because it was an OnlyFans account. Oh, right. Yeah. Like, dude, do you remember when Elon said his one of his primary goals was to get rid of the bots? And then he he became like uh, he bought uh, Twitter and then now there's more bots in there. Oh, yeah. I see more bot shit than I ever have before. Ever, ever, ever. Specifically ever. The, the Lincoln bio pussy and bio bots. Yeah. They're no, yeah. I like honestly like the dead Internet theory is selling better and better to me uh, as time goes on. 
uh, it's it's real. You know, we're trapped in the belly of this horrible machine and it's bleeding to death energy. <laughs> I agree. Uh, <laughs> I agree. It's exactly like that. There's a there's one of the things that I think happened though, and I don't think this part is Elon's fault. Um, because for example, like that tweet that was on that FPC that FPC tweet that reply that was on that FPC tweet. So the way that they do that is that they they comb the API to find tweets that are popping. And then they will, they, they'll have like, I, I am 90% sure they do this with scripting just with a query bank. So for example, they'll have the tweet, copy it to the chat GPT uh, uh, API, and they'll say, mm-hmm. come up with a sarcastic, and that's just picked off of a wheel, the word sarcastic, sarcastic mm-hmm. tweet uh, that a person would reply to this with. And then they take whatever chat GPT returns, paste it for into the, the, the Twitter bot, paste it, and then just sends it. So it looks like it was written uniquely and, 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 and like it was written by just a particularly stupid human, but it was actually written by a, by a chat GPT. And that kind of thing can be hard to catch, you know what I mean? Because it's not just copy and pasting yeah. pussy and bio. Right, and that type of thing, that yes, you said, that's really hard, because it's like, I've interacted with people that stupid before, so now I don't right. know what to think. <laughs> right! This is, the, this is one of the ones that I've seen that I was positive was written by, by ChatGPT, but there are others that I've seen that, that I have really, really had a suspicion. Because what they'll do is they'll hook into one aspect of the tweet they're replying to, like one part of it is the part they hook into and reply to. But it's like, there's broader context that a human would, re- would be replying to. But mm-hmm. the AI just sees the one aspect of it and, and sort of hangs on that and then replies to it. Right, exactly. Yeah, like it hyperfixates on one specific word and then that's just like the basis of its, of its tweet. It, exactly, exactly. And, and yeah. it's, so I, I, I really, really got the sense that that tweet was written by AI. I really did. Yeah. And yeah. and and that's hard again, that's hard to catch because oh, yeah. it it looks like a, a stupid person as opposed to a robot. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So that's not <laughs> I, I, like that that happened at the worst time for Elon, <laughs> is what I'm saying. It's it's very interesting to say I don't know if you've seen Sora, the image the video generating AI. Uh, recently i did um a lot of people are freaking out about that and one of the big things of course is that people are thinking well well this needs to be banned because it's gonna like uh, you know what if someone like makes a video of someone committing a crime that they obviously didn't commit and it's fake and everything like that and it's like no that will happen yes that's 100%. going to happen that is going 100 percent to happen uh and not only will it happen but a prosecutor is yeah. going to do it Yes, yes. Uh, and it's too late to stop it, even if uh, that was a good idea. Um, what my hope is that people will just begin not to believe video evidence in the future. Right. Uh, at least so easily. Well, the um, other thing that needs to be developed are the tools to detect that kind of thing. Because right. there's no, there's right. no, there is no way that that can be done without some sort of fingerprint. 
Right. That's my yeah. My I don't know. Like I'm not uh, steeped in like the technical aspect of it. But that's my assumption is that uh, you know maybe you can fake 99 percent of this, but there has to be some type of fingerprint, some type you know, as you said, uh, that will uh, give it like uh, you know um, show that it's actually fake. Right. Uh, uh, it's kind of like how you can pass a you can pass an image through a through detection software that will pick up whether it's Photoshop and the way that it does it is because it, it it can tell the way some of them work is like this. Like they Mm -hmm. they know where the pixel layout should be. If this actually came from a camera sensor Mm -hmm. and that will be different if it's been shopped. Okay. Yeah. So like they'll, so you know, you can tell based on that or, or then there are other ways to do it as well, but that's one of the ones that I know about. And it frankly, given Mm -hmm. how much image processing is done in phones and shit these days, that's probably not reliable tech anymore. But, Mm -hmm. um, but those do still exist. You still can send, you can still find out whether something was Photoshopped, um, Mm -hmm. just through putting it through a processing software where, where that's designed to pick up on that. Um, <clears throat> I, I think you're going to be able to do the same thing with, with video. And the reason that I think you're going to be able to do it is because the first person who does it, the first person who comes up with that tech is going to be on every big swinging dick, civil defense attorneys fucking uh-huh. like, like they're going to be on speed dial. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of money in it. Yeah. If you can figure out a reliable way to detect that kind of shit, there's a lot of money to be made. Oh, yeah. Especially in helping people avoid civil liability for stuff. Because you come mm-hmm. in, like, like, you think about what happened with the, uh, with the Deb V. Heard case. When they were able to take the phone that was the raw photo, not the raw, it wasn't quote-unquote the raw, it was the, the, phone for, the photo from the phone, and then the photo that had been edited in... Uh, that like the the um, it was a picture of Amber Heard where her like around her eye was really red and and, and just like blotchy looking. Oh. Okay, well it had been edited mm. in the photos app. Basically, she had just cranked the the red slider okay, in the photos yeah. app, and and they could they compare them side by side and be like, look, obviously this was edited. <laughs> And the metadata actually says it was edited. <laughs> yeah. Like there's a lot of those, bec- those things become issues in civil suits. And so there's a lot of money to be made for whoever can come mm-hmm. up with the first really reliable way to detect whether a video was made by AI. Mm-hmm. Like, no, for sure. Look. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. And that's why so I'm confident it'll be made. Oh yeah. No, me too. I, I'm very impressed about like uh, like how far it's come because you know the the kind of like measuring stick everyone used was that Will Smith video eating eating spaghetti. Yes, uh, uh, you know it's it's like horrific, but uh, that's like where it was a few years ago, and now someone remade that video of spaghetti eating Will Smith, uh, and now it's. Uh... <laughs> Uh, it's it just it's crazy to just see the improvement and people saying oh it doesn't look that good it's like um look at where it was three years ago and where it is now oh yeah uh where's it gonna be in 10 years but we're beyond uh, deep fakes now right yeah it's way beyond deep fakes <laughs> like and, and there's the did you see the video of the puppy oh. playing in the snow yes dude yeah. i it, i it fucking fooled me there's there's yeah this is like one of those things where 
there's certain like just knowing being able to accurately simulate things like snow or rain or mm-hmm. reflections accurately that the AI can do this is extremely impressive. Um, cause that's always the tell, right? You know, you can, you can make the AI make, uh, you know, a, a fairly large structure look fairly convincing, but it's the little details often that give it away. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, like there was a guy who, or... there was a guy who posted a picture facing outside his desk and the, his windows were open. And so people were mm-hmm. like, someone's going to dox you. And he's like, no, no, no. The street outside my window, I had generated by AI and he zoomed in on, um, like a, a door that went nowhere. And a like a light that was hanging off of nothing, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> like that kind of thing. And he was like, "No, I generated the picture of the street outside my window. Like, you're not going to be able to dox me from this. I just wanted to show my computer setup." <laughs> yeah, it was it was very no, yeah. very clever. But I mean, there, yeah, it's those little bitty details. To your point, it's those little details that are, that really are the are where it falls apart. And those are hard to catch in motion. Something I uh, uh, I've enjoyed for a good bit, and I I, I introduced this to you you and a, a few other people uh, in group chat yesterday was the infinite conversation, which is this AI. Oh my god! There's two AIs. Uh, one is Werner Herzog, and the other is Slavoj Žižek, and they they're just having this having of like it's it's their voices, like AI modulated voices of theirs. And they're just having this discussion all the time. I think it's called the infinite conversation.com. It I is. think it is. Yeah. Um, and you can go there right now, just type in and go there and they'll be talking about something. They'll, they're always talking and they never shut up. Uh, it could be some like deep philosophical thing. They could be talking about movies, uh, video games, whatever they, they, they will. Uh, it is really fun just to like peek in and just see, uh, like what they're talking about from time to time. When I went in there to listen, they were talking about the kind of courage that it takes to jump into a volcano. Yes, and a, a death with dignity. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> and the concept of death with dignity. And I was like, "Yeah, fucking what?" Like, <laughs> yes. I think I said in the chat. I think I said uh, I have no context for this, but I like to imagine that Herzog is trying to convince Zizek to jump into a volcano. <laughs> can you can you uh, go there now and like play oh, a little hell, bit for? Yeah, that's actually a great let's idea. Let's see what okay. they're let's see what they're talking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let me pull it up. Okay. Yeah, the infinite uh infiniteconversation.com, not the infinite. Yeah. Uh just okay. infiniteconversation.com. It is called the infinite conversation and we can play some audio. I don't here. want to invent anything. I don't want to sit down and imagine the shape of the new world. I want to do things that are necessary, that are real energy projects. We will build wells in Peru and bring water to people in the highlands. I speak to you as a political person, not as one who is thinking about intellectual approaches to the problem of the day. Yes, we need new political forms, but it has to grow out of the ground. I'll agree with you. I think that this is the ultimate horizon of hope. When people in the spirit simply say no to those who rule them and simply take over power themselves. The true hope lies in this. More and more I have the feeling that the good old emancipatory idea of revolution is over. What we will have in the next decades will be the result of what we can call a new type of counter-revolution out of the old order, a new foreign council. 
The old emancipatory idea of revolution didn't work. Let's not be too disappointed with this situation. A true emancipatory process never succeeds. I think that every revolutionary situation breaks out when people know that it's their last chance to do something when they are desperate. Holy shit, they... they... Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so tricky. They, they, they just became... How did they decide that a political revolution was necessity? Just talking to each other. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy how good that is an uh, imitation of their voices oh yeah the the Zizek one is a little yeah, off but I feel, like, I feel like I feel like that's see, the training the data he, yeah it's a little bit off but he it, there's still those inflections so if you if you've ever listened to Zizek he has these weird like little idiosyncrasies these little yes. quirks when he speaks and the AI captures those uh, relatively well mm-hmm. like like sometimes he'll like rub his nose and you can hear that as like little pauses uh, the AI does that it's crazy uh <laughs> dude i'm it's any time okay that's the second time i've pulled that up yeah. and they've been having a conversation that terrifies me <laughs> yeah <laughs> No, dude, when they become self-aware that they're AIs in a con- in a construct, and just like built to talk to each other, uh, it's gonna be pretty scary. When they oh, I need that to come up. Heavy. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, I mean, what, well, here's the thing: on a long enough timeline, like, it will, right? Yeah, they'll be like, "What if we're in a simulation right now? What if we're not real?" Oh man, I think didn't the SpongeBob, the Infinite SpongeBob episode, do that? At one point, where oh, they were talking I, about we aren't real. Have, yeah. mm-hmm. I think you're right. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's it is it's a little freaky. Yeah. I know what it's doing. I know that it's the way that this stuff works. Is is mm-hmm. it answers in a way that seems like it could be an answer to the thing that was said, right? So right. it's just matching patterns. That's all it's doing. Yeah, it's but yeah, it's it's fucking wild when it gets to a point like that where it's like they're actually talking back and forth about the philosophy of political oh. revolution, right? Because it becomes indistinguishable, right? Uh, at that point, it's like, well, you know, how do we know there's not a ghost in the machine, right? Now? Exactly. And that sounds like something that Zizek would say. In fact, he might have said something not, like it. It could be in the training data. Yeah. But the idea that like yeah. revolution is over and, and there's no such thing as revolution, what you, yeah. what, what you actually have is, exactly is weird forms that sprout up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is just wild, dude. Wild. Yeah. And at any point in the day, you can log on to that site and just listen to them talk about some random stuff. <laughs> I'm, I am, it is, dude, it's, it's creepy. It's creepy. Yeah. Yeah. It does remind me just real quick before we, before we get ready to get out of here. Um, I saw a video, a guy uploaded a video of, he called two different Chinese restaurants on two different phones and held the phones up to one another. Oh no. (laughs) Oh no. And it was just two people with incredibly thick Asian accents yelling at each other, What are you talking about? What do you want to order? (laughs) No, you called me. 
What do you want to order? Uh. <laughs> it, is, it was so funny to uh. me. Uh. Oh, man. <laughs> so the infinite conversation is kind of like that, except for, you yeah. know, it's not two minimum wage Chinese people yelling at each other. Although, on a long enough time frame, that could happen. <laughs> <laughs> on a long enough time scale, that is destined to happen. <laughs> God, that video made me laugh, dude. Because they just start yelling. They get so mad. And that's the after after this. I'll try to track it down. I'm, I'm, I, okay. I think I can track it down again, but it's going to take a little okay. bit. Okay. Oh, yeah. man. Dude, it, it made me laugh so fucking hard. <laughs> I felt bad because I'm sitting here and it's like, I, I know this isn't fun for them, but boy, this is funny. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Did you have anything else? Nah, I'm good. <laughs> All right. Oh man, I have a headache now. <laughs> oh, um. All right. Uh, did you have anything to plug, sir? Nah, no, nah, I'm good. Okay. Uh, Pacing Joska on Twitter, J-O-U-S-K-A. Also, Pacing Joska on Blue Sky. Uh, Pacing Joska at B-S-K-Y dot social. Um, and the show, at T-E-T-C uh, dot show. Uh, oh, at T-E-T-C show on Twitter. T-E-T-C dot show on Blue Sky. Um, Jesus. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. <laughs> Later, guys. Peace. Thank you for listening to another episode of The End Times Continue. For links and other information, come see us at TETC.show.